Coming up on the Rami Love V podcast, the Denver Nuggets and Nikola Jokic are the NBA champions. We talked about it and a whole lot more, but I also pointed out how special of a run this Miami Heat run was. And is it just this playoffs or has this been a longer run over the last four years since Jimmy Butler got to Miami? I'll explain all that and a whole lot more coming up next on the Rami Love V podcast. It starts right now. One of the things I talk about on this podcast a lot is the stigma against mental health. I think, unfortunately, there has been a stigma, but we're slowly breaking it. And if you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, overwhelmed, or maybe you just want to talk to someone, today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help access your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in another 48 hours. Plus, you can exchange unlimited text messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. So I talk about on this podcast how your mindset towards things changes everything. One of the things that I learned in therapy was that join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Rami. That's my first name. That's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash R-A-M-I, my first name, Rami. If you use that link, the link is in the description in the podcast notes. If you use that link, you'll get 10% off and it'll also help me out. So please do that. I'm telling you it's worth it. Do it today. Welcome back to the Rami Lavi podcast, episode 155, and congratulations to the Denver Nuggets on winning the NBA championship. The NBA finals are over, the Nuggets, one and five, and I don't do this to be right. Let's start with that. I like being right. Everyone likes being right. No one is going to come out here or on any platform and be like, you know what I love? You know what I love? I love getting things wrong all the time and just, yeah, that's my thing. I just like getting things wrong. I like when I'm proven wrong. I like being called out on it afterwards. Find me the person who'll say that. Doesn't exist. So it's fun to be right. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. But I don't do this to be right. I try and say what I think is genuinely going to happen. And then when it happens exactly the way I said it, This happens. Listen up. Um, I still think they'll take a game in one of the first two games. But all that said, I think Denver wins in five. I think they split the first two. I think they will win both games in Miami and then come home. Um, And this has been an exhausting playoffs already for Miami. Um, I think they'll steal a game in Denver. But I think after that, they'll just be... I think they're just done. I think they've gotten to the end of their line, which is so hard to say because we just seen what an... That comeback that we saw, I mean, we thought they were at the end of their rope before game seven. And then the the way they come back and win game seven, it's hard to count them out. So would I be shocked if they won three games, if it went to seven? Would I be shocked if Miami won the series? No. But I just think this Denver team is the best team. They've been the best team in the league all season long. And I don't think that changes. I think Denver wins in five. Sometimes it's that simple. It's that easy. Told you it would be Nuggets in five. Told you Miami would win one of the first two games. And that's what happened. So I'm not trying to be right, but sometimes you're just right. And that's what happened. In this case, congrats. I don't know. I don't want to pat on the back for it. I just kind of told you so. 
and I told you this Miami team was scary, but at the end of the day, this Miami team wasn't that good. They won one of the first two games. They couldn't win a game at home. And then a closeout game where they had it close, they had the lead. You never really felt like they had a chance in that game, despite it being close, despite them having a lead. You knew they were going to need more in order to win. And ultimately, they couldn't get it because all along, Denver was the best team. They were the best team in the league, and that's what this is about. This isn't about me being right. This isn't about, although I've pretty much made it that for the last few minutes, but it's not about the Heat. It's about Denver. And that's what the story should be because this was one of the incredible final runs that we've seen. Well, they lose four games throughout the entire run. I think they lost a game in round one. They swept the Lakers. They only lost one game in the finals. And they lost two against a historic performance or two historic performances by Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. This run from the Denver Nuggets and from Nikola Jokic was pure dominance. And one might look at this and say, well, there were a lot of close games. And they had to win all these tight, tough games. To me, that makes it more dominant. Because it wasn't like they were blowing teams out. The talent disparity, I think is the word. (laughs) Or other things like that was so huge that it just didn't matter. Kind of like the Warriors in 17, 18 with Kevin Durant, where there was just like this huge gap in talent between them and everyone else. And so, of course, they were just going to blow everyone out and not lose many games along the way. But this team played in so many close games, which almost makes it more dominant. Like Miami, Miami, was in every one of those games. The Lakers were in every one of those games. Right? They had to play some tough games against the Phoenix Suns, including the two games they lost. Like, this team got challenged on a nightly basis. People are going to come out here, and I already saw the takes. Hmm, Mickey Mouse championship, fake championship. Who would they beat, right? Phoenix didn't have Chris Paul. LeBron's 40 on one foot. Miami's not that good. They got lucky on their way to the final. They're an eight seed. Rumors are starting. That's that's how, the, you know, you're going to go one in two directions if you're in the media today. You're either going to forget everything you said about Nikola Jokic for the last year. And you're singing his praises today, which a lot of people are doing. And I hate talked about it on last episode. Get off my bandwagon. Sorry, I've been here already for the last two years talk about that in a second or you're going the opposite direction you're like no i'm gonna zag on this team i'm gonna say this team's not that good they didn't really beat anyone and you're wrong if you're doing both of those things this denver team is a special special team they had to play these tough games and they found ways to win because they've been the best team in the league all year long they were the best team all along they're an awesome, awesome team and congratulations because it's an awesome championship for an awesome organization and an awesome star player who's so, so easy to root for at the head of it, which makes it even better. Um, and even though at times it seemed kind of tough for a run where you barely lost any games, I mean, even 
last night, the closeout game. Closeout games are always tough to win. And they won another tough game at home. Because it felt like at the end of these games, when it mattered most, they were going to be the ones to come out. So it's one team. It's one thing to have a team that can dominate, that can be up big, that can win those big games. But to have a team like this, where in the biggest moments, you know that they're going to come through more than every other team, that's even more impressive. And it's the perfect time for the gardener to be doing some gardening outside. Cannot wait to hear how this sounds on a podcast. Um, I'm not going to stop. So I moved to New York. I guess this is a fun side story. And now my walls are really thin because I guess they can charge you whatever you want to pay to live here and they don't have to make anything high quality because they know you're going to pay for it. So now it feels like the gardener is actually inside my apartment. At least he's gardening. At least they have a landscaper. But I feel like he's inside my apartment with me as I'm recording this. So that's fun. I If you hear it, I'm sorry. I'm not going to stop. I have a schedule, but uh, <laughs> I got things to do. But uh, and we'll talk about that later. We'll have plenty of time to talk about all those things. I talked about this. How you know? That's it. NBA's over. What am I going to do now? Right. Um, so I'll have plenty of time to talk to you guys about so many different cool things going on in my life, and um, I can't wait for that. But back to the finals. There were here are a few things that I wrote down. Um, I was wondering after this series, does it suck for the rest of the superstars, quote unquote, in the NBA who are like, all they talk about is winning and their image and their this and that. And they go see a guy like Jokic just dominate them. And then at the end of it, it's like, yeah, we won. Now we get to go home. The job is done. Like, and he's just so chilled about it. He clearly is the most competitive guy. Like he wants to dominate them. He wants to go out there and crush everyone. And then the second the game is over, he really genuinely doesn't care about any of the extra stuff. He doesn't care about the MVP. The last half of the season, he was like, all right, you take it. I don't care. I don't need the headache. Right? In the media after the game, he's not trying to hype himself up or hype his team. No one, nothing. He's just like, yeah, we won. We're a really good team. He's like almost boring. And it's crazy. Like everyone knows the famous Kobe Bryant um, interview where he's like, what should I smile about? Is job done? Job's not done. This is even crazier. Somebody tweeted out last night. Does Nikola Jokic think there's a fifth round? Because he's just not even smile. Like someone should tell him they won. It's over. And that's what's crazy is that He's just like so dominant, wants to win so badly, so competitive. And then when it's over, he's like, look, we did it. This is what I expected to do. I expected to be here. And all these guys who run around chasing the headlines and chasing like their name being up there at the end of the day when they lose and go home. And then they have to see this guy who doesn't even seem phased by the fact that he just won the first championship in franchise history. He's probably the greatest player to ever play for the franchise. Like, this is crazy stuff. Uh, I mean, can you imagine LeBron? Think about the contrast to LeBron after he's eliminated. And he's chased, like he's eliminated, swept, and the storylines the next day should all be about how incredible the Nuggets are going to their first finals in franchise history. And LeBron needs to insert himself back into the narrative and back into the headlines by saying, I might retire, I don't know, tough season. Makes it all about himself. 
he needs to be in the spotlight. Whereas Jokic is like, it's over. Now can I get the hell out of the spotlight? And this isn't him not being a competitor, right? Like he said afterwards when they said, um, when they said, uh, that the, they asked him, they said, are you excited for the parade? He said, when's the parade? Like Thursday. He's like, no, I got to go home. I need to go home. Like he'll go home Friday. He's like, fine. It's not because he doesn't enjoy winning. It's not because he doesn't love basketball. Like that was my first thought. Like, does he not like basketball? But then Jamal Murray told this incredible story about how um, Nikola Jokic had 47 in a game against, at the time it was Utah, and Rudy Gobert was on Utah. And they were sending, Utah started sending, at the end of the game, it was still a close game. They started sending help at the end of the game to double-team Nikola Jokic. And Gobert waves them, the help off. He's like, no, no, I got him, I got him. And Jokic, in middle of the possession, turns to him and goes, brother, I have 47. Like this guy, you see how competitive he is. You see how much fun he's having. His little jokes that he has out there. He kind of has like that European sense of humor. He loves this. He's not, he's having a great time. He's enjoying every second of this. And yet, when it's over, it's almost like he just expected to win. So now he won. So he doesn't need all the hoopla surrounding it. It's just about game. He's just about ball. He wants to play the game. Like, that's awesome. And look, today there's going to be an entire jerk fest in the media about Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic, where does he rank all time? Is he a top five center? Is he the greatest? Is he the best player in the league today? Is this going to be a dynasty? Where does this championship rank? Where does this run rank? All these things that we're hearing about Nikola Jokic from a bunch of hypocrites in the media who three weeks ago were telling you, don't vote for this guy for the MVP if you do, you're a racist because he's not that good. So now you watched him for three weeks in the conference finals and the finals when there were no other games on and you changed your mind and you realized what we knew all along. Anyone who watched him for the last three years, that this guy is the best player in the league and has been. So don't give me your whole la-di-da, this is great celebration of Nikola Jokic today because it's super disingenuous. I don't want to hear it. But everyone's going to do it. I give myself the right to do it. I have the right to do it because I was here all along. Don't, don't come here. Don't storm this castle. Don't rain on this parade. Um, the other side of it, obviously, could just be I'm happy he's getting his recognition, right? Why should I? Who am I to guard? I, I, I should be happy. Like now everyone's agreeing with me. Who am I to like guard or gatekeep, gate guard, gatekeep, whatever the Jokic enjoyment? Finally, people are starting to realize how incredible and how amazing this guy has been all along. And I should be happy about that. But they just make it so distasteful. Um, some of the other storylines that we're going to see in the media. Uh, and really, I don't want to talk about the media storylines, but just kind of the storylines from this team. Because while Jokic is the headline, I think what this team has done is so special. And it's a lesson in team building. It's a lesson in team chemistry. It's a lesson in um, just the right way to run a franchise and an organization. Start with Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray breaks out, so to speak, in the bubble where he has like this welcome to the league moment where he's going off in the bubble. And then in the 21 season, he tears his ACL. And obviously, there's a story Michael Malone told where he with tears in his eyes and he asks 
are you going to trade me now? Like, am I worthless to you now? Um, and they said, no, we're not going to trade you. And instead of trading him, they give him a contract and they decide to help him work through his rehab and get back and get back to the player he was before. And it was such a long process. Even this year where like he was so up and down, you're like, is he ever going to get back to that point? They need him to be that player in the playoffs. And then for him to again, get back to the point that he was in this playoffs and go on the run he had in this playoffs personally on an individual level leading to a championship, you understand why he's so emotional. Think about a guy like Michael Porter Jr., same situation. He's This is a guy who's hurt. This is a guy who hasn't proven anything in the league. And so many times teams were like, or media people were like, okay, at some point they're going to give up on him. At some point they're just going to trade him because they're a win-now team. And even if he's healthy down the line, he's not healthy enough to win now. But they gave him a contract too, and it was criticized. Like, how could you give this guy a contract um, when he hasn't done anything and he's always been hurt? Like, what do, what do you trust? And maybe it will be a bad contract because maybe he will get hurt again. But what Michael Malone talked about in the post game was even during these finals, when he struggled in the finals, people asked him about changing the lineup. Is he going to make a change? He's like, no, I'm sticking with Michael Porter Jr. He's our starting small forward. And he meant it. He stuck with him. And to see that translate in some of the biggest plays he made in the last game, in game five. And then he said, yeah, this is a long-term play for me. I want him to long-term be part of this team and be part of this winning culture. And the best way for me to do that would be if he's here, if he's contributing, if he's getting better on a daily basis. I think the gardeners are done. Um <laughs> This is so frustrating, but I'm, I'm fighting through. I don't want to take away from the Nuggets. I can't believe that Michael Malone's right all along. Everyone's trying to take away from the Nuggets, even the gardeners here. Um, another story, Bruce Brown, when they called him, why aren't you on a team, right? That was the call he had with Michael Malone. And he's like, I don't know. I'll give you my all. And they sign him. And they pick him up off waivers when he was playing for nobody. Aaron Gordon, his role. We know about how he started his career and the player he was with the Magic. That obviously doesn't translate so much to today's NBA. He was a Blake Griffin type, high flying, but a you know, power forward. Couldn't really play center. And the way he's transitioned his game, does it seem like he cuts at the perfect time every single possession? to get easy buckets or to take attention away from someone else and then a pass goes somewhere else the way he fits into their system the player the role player they've turned him into and the contribution he's had jeff green and ish smith jeff green was a big contributor ish smith not so much but journeymen who have been around the league who are veterans who have seen it all finally coming here and winning their championship this is a lesson in team building in chemistry and how to run an organization, doing right by the players, building through the draft, adding the right veterans, picking up cheap guys off waivers who just want to play hard and want to win. And every single one of these players from finding a superstar in the second round of the draft in a Kola Jokic out of nowhere and developing, developing him and letting him develop into the great player he's become to Jamal Murray and sticking with him and through the injury sticking with him, Michael Porter Jr. sticking with him through his injuries and his issues, claiming the veterans like a Bruce Brown, like a Jeff Green, like an Ish Smith, 
Aaron Gordon and saying, hey, we have a role for you here that works for you, that's going to work for us. It's a team. It's a team thing. This isn't a you thing. This isn't an us thing. It's an everyone thing. It's a collective thing. And that's what's so special. And that's why Jokic is the most special superstar because he's the superstar that's all about the team. That's He doesn't care about the points. He does, sometimes he should care about the points more. He doesn't care about the stats. He never cared about the stats. And you see it after the game. He doesn't care about... He just cares to the team himself. They want to win. He wants to win for them, with them. And then when it all is over, when the dust settles and they've accomplished it all, I'm not saying he doesn't enjoy that. He doesn't appreciate it. He clearly does. You see him with his family. You see him with everyone else. Um, But he doesn't make it about him. He doesn't make it about what he accomplished. And my father said something interesting to me this morning when I spoke to him. He said, this is Jokic's Dirk year, where he's the European player who everyone just falls in love with, and he goes on this magical run. And I said to him, I said, I don't think that's true. Yeah, it is. For now, for today, this is the Dirk championship. You turned everyone into a fan of yours. You took over. You showed everyone what you're capable of. This guy who maybe got a little bit of a harder time from the media at first because it's, you know, Dirk Nowitzki, an overseas player, not an American-born player, going up against LeBron James and Dwayne Wade, the players we love. And you won us over, Dirk. And everyone fell in love with that team. Partially because the Heat became the villain. But partially because of everything Dirk did and everything he stood for and how awesome that team was. And they won the championship and they deserved it. So yeah, in that sense, this is the Dirk year. It's Jimmy playoffs. It's all that stuff. And it took a while. Everyone wanted to talk about Embiid, the MVP. Takes a while for everyone to get won over by Jokic. But today is the day that everyone is finally won over by him and everyone agrees, oh no, it's Jokic. Jokic is the man. So in that sense, 100%, this is Jokic's Dirk year. I get what you're saying. But despite that, Jokic has already won two MVPs. Jokic could have easily won a third this year. So this isn't Dirk. This isn't a guy who... you was never at any point and Dirk was a great player don't get me wrong but was he a top five player in the league the year that he won a championship whereas this is by far the best player in the league this is a guy who won a championship with this team that's not a fluke that's not a one-time championship and we won't even see them in the finals again I mean who knows how long this could last and this is what I talk about this is the media right this is what they talk about you, it's so unfair because the day after a team wins the finals, we come out here and we, we started talking about dynasties. How Can they win two? Can they win three? What does this mean for their legacy? It's stupid. Celebrate what they just accomplished. Stop jumping to the next thing. That's why I want to start with celebrating everything they accomplished, everything this team built and building it the right way. But it's also not fair to just look at this year and say this is one single time because... I don't see any team beating them. And of course, it's hard to see it today. But if they're healthy next year, who's beating them? And as long as Jokic is doing this at this high of a level, no one can compete with them. Yeah, they'll have some losses. They'll have some times that they lose. But this guy has been the best player in the NBA for the last three years. 
and last night validates everything he's done and everything he's accomplished. And I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for the Denver Nuggets. Michael Malone, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green, every single guy on that roster. There's so many great stories. KCP, Christian Braun, all these guys. It's just, it's a really cool story. It's a really, really cool story. Uh, you know, I think I talked about it a lot when Milwaukee won. It feels similar to that. And then Milwaukee kind of fell off the next couple of years. Hasn't won since, right? So to sit here and say, oh, well, for sure they'll be back is also crazy. I understand that. But even if it's for just this year, it still feels like a validation of everything that this organization, this team, and particularly this superstar and uh, Nikola Jokic has done in their career. And that's awesome. Um, how long can Jokic be at this level for? Again, maybe not the best day to ask that question, but I hope it's a long time. We know with big men, maybe it falls apart sooner. He's not the most athletic guy. He's never been. He obviously is, but that's not his game. He doesn't rely on athleticism or, you know, physicality. It's just a crazy dynamic of a player that we've seen. And I hope this is the guy we get to see for maybe the next seven to 10 years at this level, because that would be super awesome for the league, for the sport, for everything, because he's that good. He's that much fun to watch. And I hope we get to see it. Um, before I talk about the Miami Heat, I want to talk about Mike Breen. Um, Mike Breen commentated his... Commentated? He broadcast his 100th career finals game last night. Now, I hope he doesn't view it as a moment to step away. He had a tragedy before the season at home, right before the season with his house in Long Island burning down. And people didn't know if he was going to start the season on time. He didn't miss a beat, didn't miss a game. Um, and he's... A special, special person. You could tell on the broadcast, but many, meeting him twice, I could tell just from meeting him twice what a kind person he is, the type of person he is, the type of person that, um, example, he said he's so good for the league. He's so good for the New York Knicks. And I wanted to just take a moment to appreciate him, appreciate his greatness broadcasting, but also just what a class act he is as a human being um, and how lucky we are to have him. Um, as sports fans. So that moment last night is super cool for him. He'll never make it about himself. He'll never talk about himself. Um, and so that's awesome. Let's talk about Miami. And I hope Michael Malone is not listening because I want to give Miami their flowers. And if Michael Malone is listening, he'd be very upset. We just won, a, won the championship. How could you talk about another team? I'm kidding. He didn't ever say anything like that but you know um yeah so with Miami the last nine games are two and seven and they weren't very good weren't very impressive since they went up 3-0 against Boston they've only won two games they won game seven in Boston and they won game two in Denver they lost four games at home in that stretch and obviously the three games on the road. The role players on their team reverted back to the guys they've been most of their careers. And Jimmy Butler pretty much came back to the player he's been. I don't want to say I told you so. Um, 
because I never thought they were that good. Because that's not fair to say because they still made it to the finals. They went on this crazy run. So how could you say they weren't that good all along? But it really felt like they were just never that great. And it annoys me when I look at this. It's like, why didn't Milwaukee beat them? Why didn't the Knicks beat them? Why didn't Boston beat them? It's frustrating me now. Seeing them over the last nine games and the way they've played, it's like, why? Why did this team go to the finals? Like, what did this team do to get them to this point? Is it just a fluke? Is it really just a fluke? And now everyone's going to go back to saying, see, Jimmy Butler can't be the best player to on a championship team. See, this team's not that great. See, all along, we knew this. Is that what it's going to go back to? To they just had this fluky, weird run? Um, I think the answer is no. I think this run for the Miami Heat has been really special and should be celebrated despite the way it ended. Um, look, this is a team that was last in scoring in the NBA. They were 27th in three-point percent shooting. They were a bad team, right? And in the playoffs, all of a sudden, they turn into the number one three-point shooting team. This includes the finals. They turn into the number one three-point percent shooting team. They jump from 33% in the regular season to 38% in the postseason. And is it that simple? Is that just the difference? That all of a sudden, they just started hitting threes at a crazy clip? Like, maybe it's that simple. They actually scored less points per game in the postseason overall, finals included, than they did during the regular season. Obviously, they were higher in the rankings because there were less points scored per game in the playoffs. But I think it's more than just the threes. Look at the deficits they overcame again. Two 15-point-plus deficits against the Bucks. A 12-point deficit against the Knicks in Game 1. A 14-point deficit against the Knicks in Game 6. Game 1 against the Celtics, a 13-point deficit. Game 2 against the Celtics, a 12-point deficit. And coming back, even in Game 2 in the Finals, against the great Denver Nuggets, they overcame a 15-point deficit and won the game. And it felt like every time late in games when they started their comebacks, when they were down, you felt like you couldn't count them out. There was something special about this run, and I don't know if we can quantify it. Not always can you explain and understand it perfectly. I'm going to try to, though. I want to try and understand Jimmy Butler because... Jimmy Butler is this incredible playoff performer and it's something different where something just clicks with him when he gets into the playoffs. But he obviously had a really tough finals. But let's not forget what this guy has done. Let's not forget what this superstar, I don't know if he's a superstar, he's a star, has done since he came to Miami. We look specifically at this playoffs. This is without the finals, before the finals. He was averaging 28.5 points per game, 48% shooting, 36 from three, and 80% from the free throw line. And was taking nine free throws per game, over nine three points, free throws per game. And he was a plus 26 rating and plus minus over the course of those 17 games where the team went 12 and five. Obviously, he missed one game where they lost against the Knicks in game two. So again, 28.5 points. 48, 36, 80, 
over nine three, uh, free throw attempts and a plus 26 in 17 games. And then in the finals, he reverts back to the player he's been most of his career. 21.5 points per game, 41% from the field, significantly lower. 36% from three, the same. 80% from free throw, the same. But only six free throw attempts per game, as opposed to nine. Remember when we talked about the numbers a few weeks ago for Jimmy Butler? What changes between playoff Jimmy and regular season Jimmy? The percentages go up, the points per game go up, and the free throw attempts significantly go up. Well, the free throw attempts were down in the finals. And in five games in the finals, after being a plus 26 in 17 games where the team went 12 and 5, the team goes 1 and 4, and he's a minus 37 in five games. Jimmy Butler really, really struggled in this year's playoffs, or in this year's finals, I should say, after having a magical playoffs. So is it just that simple that he got them on this magical run to the finals and he ran out of gas, maybe he had an ankle injury, and that's, you know, he was one player for three weeks and then he wasn't that player anymore. So it's that simple. He says the ankle injury didn't matter. He just didn't play as well. So I don't know. So let's look at the longer trend over time because maybe that's it's that simple, that he was just awesome for a few weeks and that's all it takes. Like, if Jalen Brunson had continued to put up the, the numbers that he did and he wasn't going up against Jimmy Butler, maybe the Knicks would have gone to the finals because Brunson was putting up ridiculous numbers. Maybe that's all it takes is one player to just go off and carry you. And then when he stopped carrying you, like Jimmy Butler did in the finals, you lose. So let's look at the longer trend because this is not just this year now that the Heat have gone on a magical run. We could say that this team has gone on a magical run just this year, but it's not true. In the 2019-2020 season, the bubble season, they're the five seed. They go all the way to the finals. They lose in six to the Lakers in the finals. And yeah, people thought it was fluky. People thought it was weird. But that's Jimmy Butler's first year in Miami. They go to the finals. They beat Milwaukee in five in the second round. They beat Boston in six in the Eastern Conference Finals after sweeping Indiana in the first round. Obviously, it's a bubble. I get it. But still. This is his first year. They go to the finals and lose in six. Year two in Miami, they're the sixth seed. It's a 2021 or 2020-2021 season. They're swept in round one by the Bucks and Giannis, who were just on a different kind of run. Giannis was as incredible as he's ever been, and he wasn't going to lose to anyone. And by the way, Milwaukee was a fake three seed that year because remember, that was the year where they're like, hey, all this talk about us having these great regular seasons and not winning in the postseason... Let's actually try and have a good postseason and not have as good of a regular season. So they weren't even trying as hard. They should have been a one seed. Instead, they're a three seed. So they sweep the six seed uh, heat. If they're playing someone else, maybe the heat win. But all right, they get swept. Year three of Jimmy Butler in Miami is the 2021-22 season. They win 53 games. They're the number one seed. And they lose a game seven against Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals after beating Atlanta and Philly in the first two rounds. So obviously this team's good. And then this year they beat the Knicks, they beat the Bucks in five, they beat the Knicks in six, they beat the Celtics in seven, and then lose in the finals. The Miami Heat with Jimmy Butler, the Jimmy Butler Heat, if you want to call them that, over the last four years. Go to the conference finals twice and the NBA finals once. Or sorry, they go to the NBA finals twice and the conference finals a third time. 
So is it just this year? Is it just this one magical run from Jimmy Butler? Or has this team been a really good team over a, a real long period of time, a real sample size here? Like, for contrast, look at the uh, the Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum Celtics over the course of those same four years, right? In 2019-20, the Celtics lose to the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. In the 2020-21 season, just a, what a weird year. They lost to the Nets in the first round in five games. So they also lost in the first round, right? In 21-22 season, they beat the Heat in the Conference Finals but lose in the Finals. So they go to the Finals once. And then this year, they lose to the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals again. Over the last four years, which is Jimmy Butler's time in Miami, Miami is the significantly more successful franchise than the Boston Celtics with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So when you look at Jimmy Butler and you look at this team and every single time they go on a run, they go to the finals and we say, it's kind of fluky. Is it really? Because we now have a significant sample size where this team might be the best team in the Eastern Conference over the last four years. The only other team that can challenge them is the Bucs. Now, the Bucs are the only team to win a championship in the Eastern Conference over the last four years, obviously winning in 2021. But in the 1920 season in the bubble, they lose in five games in round two to the Heat, right? So the Heat beat them in the playoffs once. They sweep the Heat in round one and on their way to the finals, obviously, and win it. And that's where they'll have the Trump on everyone in 2021. In 21-22... They lose to Boston in round two in seven games and get blown out in game seven and were up 3-2 and lost game six at home. So that's not a great performance by the Bucs there. And then in 2022-23 season, they lose in round one and five to Miami. They blow two 15-plus point leads in games four and game five. So again, who's the best Eastern Conference team over the last four years? It's probably the Miami Heat. So when we are so shocked that they're an eight seed to make it to the finals, that they went on this crazy run, and then when they revert back to the norm, quote unquote, and in the finals they don't perform, all of a sudden we're like, no, that's the team that they really are. But this team that's been in the Eastern Conference Finals and the or in the finals over the last four years consistently is not the real team that they are. At what point is that who they actually are? And the team that kind of meanders through the regular season and sits a bunch of players and wins a few games here and there and then had just one awful series where their superstar didn't show up at all and I'm not giving him an excuse he should have shown up but he didn't and you lost to one of the all-time great players on a special run twice right when they lost to the Bucks, we talked about that earlier how that runs similar to this Nuggets run maybe we should be giving the Heat more credit even though they lost the finals that's my point I think we should be because this team isn't just one magical run saying that this is a crazy, special, unprecedented run. Then you, yeah, I agree. It's harder to understand. Is it just the three point shooting? Is that the biggest difference? Is that why they, they they went all the way to the finals or is this team just really, really good and have been for the last four years ever since Jimmy Butler showed up in Miami? Um, I was hoping though, that despite the awful series that Jimmy Butler had, he would give us one more game. I put out the social video ahead of game seven or game five, I should say. 
um, where he'd go off and just solidify the whole postseason run. Because I don't know how many people are coming on their show or on their podcast today talking about how special the Heat have been. I'm doing it, but I bet it's not the popular take today. People are going to talk about how they folded in the finals, how Jimmy Butler, that's it. Playoff Jimmy's all of a sudden gone. This team's not that good. They were never that good. So they lost. And I started the podcast like that because I was leading you on. I wanted to get you to this point. No, because part of me believes that. But when you take a deeper look at it, no, this Miami Heat team is actually really, really good and has been. So I would have loved for Jimmy Butler to give us one last crazy performance, even if they lost, that we could look at and say, look, yeah, they lost, but he didn't go out with a whimper. He he put out an awesome performance. He's awesome. This team was awesome. It was a great run. Congrats to the Heat. Instead, he went out 5 for 18 and it's like, haha, this is playoff Jimmy. So, I don't know. Like LeBron in game four against the Nuggets. That was awesome. Like the storyline after the game was about LeBron, partially because LeBron made it about himself, but also because of how awesome he was in that game and how he just did everything he could to almost will them to victory in that game. And it didn't work in the end, but he almost got him there. So... I was hoping Jimmy Butler would do that, but he didn't. All right. The episode is going to be cut short because of the gardening. So I started, I I kept cutting off myself. Um, So a little shorter episode today. We still have to do a full NBA uh, wrap report, I guess we'll call it. We'll talk about all the teams and how their season went. Is it better than expected? Worse than expected? Maybe we'll do a grading system. And um, we will also do an off-season preview. Um, and I'm going to talk about my day from last week. I have a big, big day tonight, today, tonight, um, had an awesome event that I was at last night, which we'll talk about and lots more to come on the Rami LaVey podcast. I appreciate you guys sticking with me, um, as we gear up for football now. Uh, like I said, there's not going to be a ton of baseball talk on here because I'm not allowed to really talk about baseball. So, um, Over the next few months, and on my podcast in general, I haven't talked a ton of baseball. Over the next few months, there's going to be a lot of uh, basketball. The basketball offseason is always filled with storylines and littered with headlines and different things. So I'm sure we won't be bored. Um, But there'll be a lot to talk about. uh, I'm sure of it. And I can't wait for you guys and for this. I'm going to work on some guests, some different things. Talk about the career stuff. Uh... Talk about some of the stuff like, you know, like I just said with uh, with what's going on this week and last week with my job because it is super cool and super fun. And I love sharing it um, and a lot more. But I appreciate you listening despite it not being maybe just a full time sports podcast anymore, kind of a life and career podcast. Um, I do think I have an interesting story to share and I love sharing it. And I think if it helps anyone else, um, that's super cool to me and gratifying and rewarding so i appreciate you all for listening thank you so much until next time i'll talk to you guys soon you were the best nights of my life you got the light that always shines i miss the way that you move and the way i get high when you take me to your eyes like i'm standing in the sky 
your subway cars and road graffiti I breathe your air when I land in another city I'll be that one that's got you printed on my bones Yeah, you're all I know Everywhere I go, oh, oh, why you say is it oh, oh, oh Always on my Flying on the high line With the sidewalks burning We pray for rain in July I want the Yankees 99 yeah. And the Knicks on a sold out night When the curtains close And the Broadway streets are alive hey. I need your heartbeat close Don't you ever leave me And I breathe your air When I land in another city And I'll be that one that's got you Printed on my bones Yeah, you're all I know Everywhere I go Oh, 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 I change it Oh, 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 always on my own Oh, oh, I'm still New York You're the only Oh, 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 that I'll ever know Oh, oh, my concrete Oh, 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 I'm still New York Yeah, BK born and raised I was Skysick to hit them courts, y'all didn't prospect Take them long walks on my time spin Just a kid with that empire, stay the mindset Kick flipping off a blind deck Dipping from the New York City's finest, yeah Said I've been up on my New York shit Walking down the block with my New York bitch I can never leave my city, ain't nothing like it Even if I do, though, I can never hide it Top down on the west side when I'm driving East side be the only side that I'm riding